Welcome to this episode of Disease Du Jour on the equine microbiome, brought to you by Merck Animal Health. I'm your host, Kim Brown, publisher of Equimanagement. Our guest for this episode is Marcio Costa, DVM PhD, an assistant professor in the Department of Veterinary Biomedical Sciences at the University of Montreal. Dr. Costa earned his degree in veterinary medicine in Brazil and moved to Canada to complete his residency in large animal internal medicine at the University of Guelph. He completed his PhD in 2014 using next generation sequencing to investigate factors affecting the intestinal microbiome of horses. His research is focused on microbiome manipulation to improve the health of domestic animals. Thank you, Dr. Costa, for joining us today on Disease Du Jour to talk about the equine microbiome. Hi, Kim. It's my pleasure to be here with you today. Well, I'm going to jump right in and say, what is the microbiome and why is it important to horse health? Okay, so the microbiome is pretty much uh, the collection of all the microorganisms that we have in and on us. So they co-inhabit uh, our body and constantly interacting with us. So that means all the bacteria, viruses, fungi, archaea, and pretty much uh, small parasites that uh, live in and on us. And normally we refer to bacteria uh, as a synonym of microbiota. So why they are important to horses, uh, not only for horses, but to, to all of us, like I said, we are constantly interacting and we actually evolved in nature along with those organisms. So uh, we were selected to carry those bacteria and other microorganisms to help us in many, many different ways uh, from better digesting the food we eat uh, to upregulating or to regulating our immune system. Uh, and also, we normally, when we talk about bacteria, we think about bad bacteria, but the, in reality, the vast majority of them, they are good. We call them commensal bacteria, meaning that uh, they live with us, causing no harm. Eventually, they will become pathogens, but normally they, they cause no harm. So what, what do equine veterinarians need to know about the equine microbiome to help horses stay healthy or regain health? Yes. Uh, so normally in veterinary medicine, we are always many steps behind uh, the knowledge that we have from human medicine. So I, before answering that question, I have to say that we are just at the beginning of a long journey in which we are just starting to learn stuff. And uh, so far, uh, we don't know much. We, like I said, we are just starting to, to discover things in horses. The, the vast majority of studies that were performed so far, they are descriptive, meaning that we have two groups of horses and we're gonna see uh, the differences in, in the bacteria. Okay, for example, 
we had a group of horses with diarrhea and a group of healthy horses and we go there and we see what are what are the differences meaning that it's difficult to imply uh, a cause consequence relationship um, we cannot say this bacteria is causing diarrhea we can only say that we observe the difference in animals that have diarrhea which can be caused by many many different things okay so having said that uh, so far we know that the intestinal bacteria of horses they are very important uh, we already knew that because horses they are uh, herbivores that were selected in nature to eat uh, basically grass right and they rely on this bacteria to help them digest this food we we and horses we don't have the enzymes that we need to break those plant carbohydrates so the bacteria will break them for them and produce substances that we call volatile fatty acids that can now be used by the horse as a an energy source okay so they are extremely important to horses and what we are doing now in, with the research is is uh, finding which factors can change this microbiota and what are the consequences are they positive or negative to the health of those animals okay so so far we know that for example diet it's a major factor driving the composition of this uh, microbiome as we call uh, if you add carbohydrates or if you change them from the pasture to a hay-based diet we're going to induce changes in the composition of this bacteria okay uh, other factors like stress for example uh, shipping horses in a long distance this can alter their bacteria or if they are at a high intensity level of exercise this can also change their, their, their microbiome. And I was talking also about other physiological states, for example, uh, pregnancy has been shown to cause uh, some predictable changes. And of course, any type of treatments we give, the most evident is the use of antibiotics. When you give antibiotics to foals or to, to horse, adult horses, we have shown that this will uh, induce severe and drastic changes in the microbiota, just like we also have in humans and lab animals. And how, how in your research and in your studies, do you think that we can use this to help horses either stay healthy or regain health? Well, that, that's uh, the question we always want to answer, answer is, uh, the first thing is, what are the good, what are the bad bacteria, right? After, so this is what we are doing right now, gaining a lot of knowledge about uh, what changes the microbiota, how does it change, and if that's good or bad, okay? The next step in the research is to do microbiota manipulation meaning that we're gonna try to change this, uh, the composition of the, those bacteria to improve animal health, okay? There are different ways we can do that. Um, so the most popular ways are probiotics, which are live bacteria that we give 
by mouth and this uh, should cause should bring benefits to the the horse or uh, either treating disease or avoiding them to get sick uh, it's a lot of controversies about the use of probiotics in horses uh, basically because for every study that shows a, a, a good impact of probiotics there is another one that shows no difference so i'm not a genist uh, um, all, all i always say is that um, we need uh, stronger evidence to to see how how these bacteria work uh, in, in the gut okay um, and the other problem with probiotics is most of them are transient okay meaning that you give to the horse you're gonna find that th those bacteria in the feces but if you stop giving you stop finding so you have to carry on treating the horse to carry that beneficial uh, impact of this uh, supplement on, on the gut okay um, and also because it's very difficult to this bacteria to in fact colonize the, the, the gut because there are so many bacteria that are already there that it's just difficult to them to to attach to the mucosa and and um, multiplicate and, and and become uh, uh, stay living there okay and just because it's a very competitive environment so it's easier to manipulate the microbiota of sick animals that have an imbalance mm. we call that a dysbiosis but also of young animals like foals that are not don't have yet a well-established microbiota so it's easier to manipulate at that uh, window of age okay the other way to do that is the use of prebiotics that are non-digestible compounds that you give to the horse the horse will, will not digest that but the bacteria will okay meaning that you can benefit the bacteria that will eat that prebiotic so they can proliferate and uh, uh, become dominant in that environment okay this is a very strong way to manipulate the microbiota and uh, but again we don't have a lot of uh, we are just starting to see some well designed studies published in the literature okay and finally, uh, we also have the, the, what they call fecal microbiota transplantation or transformation, in which you, you transfer the whole ecosystem, the fecal matter from a healthy donor into a patient. This became very popular in humans with Clostridium difficile infection, in which this treatment is very efficient in resolving diarrhea. They, you basically treat them and almost 90% of patients receiving this transplantation get better within two days. They resolve the diarrhea. Uh, we have done that in horses for decades. We treated them with fecal transplant or sickle content uh, tra transformation, especially if they have diarrhea. Uh, I'm not aware of any well-controlled studies 
using a control group not receiving the treatment and a, a group of sick horses receiving the FMT, we call it for short, uh, fecal microbiota uh, transplantation. Uh, so at this point, I, I, I normally still recommend the treatment, but there is no, it's important to state and to highlight that there is not good evidence, scientific evidence is that the procedure works in, in horses. In humans, they do that by enema. We cannot do that in horses because they have a very long uh, small colon. So we need to give it by mouth. And the problem is that a lot of bacteria will die from the moment we start to expose them to the oxygen when we are preparing the, the, the FMT, by the moment they reach the stomach with the low pH. And then, in my opinion, this is what I think also, when they reach the cecum, they're gonna stay there in this fermentation chamber for a long time before they can actually reach the, the large column where you have uh, many problems, uh, including colitis and, and colic. So, uh, the research we are doing right now is it, to try to focus on improving the fecal microbiota transplantation in horses because it's such a powerful tool uh, that works really well in humans and in dogs, for example. Um, and you can induce very uh, evident changes in, in lab animals, but we don't know if this is the same in horses. I, I actually have, I'm publishing some evidence that we treated horses with colitis with a standard uh, treatment that is, is uh, prescribed right now for, for horses, the protocol that it has been suggested, and it had no changes in the microbiota, okay? So what we want to do is to improve that. Uh, one way we are trying to do is to concentrate the bacteria from the FMT and, and, and give it to patients. Uh, we don't know yet if it's gonna work, but th this is the way we are we are trying to go. So, I know a lot of veterinarians face horses that have either very long, prolonged diarrhea. A lot of horses will get on antibiotics. We know that disrupts the microbiome in the horse. I know feed companies are investigating the microbiome to try and improve feed and nutrition. Uh, from the feed stuffs that they're doing. So where do you think um, research should be going on this and what are you working on? Well, I, I think um, we are starting to get, you know, enough knowledge that we can actually start to design products that are uh, targeting some bacteria that are associated with gut health. For example, uh, we know that butyrate producers, which are, which are bacteria that will produce a type of volatile fatty acid called butyrate, that can, it, it's very beneficial to the, to the cells of the intestinal mucosa. They are used by the cells. Okay, in humans, though the, the high prevalence of those bacteria are associated with lower incidences of uh, rectal cancer, for example. So, and in, in horses, this uh, fatty acid, these cells are important. So there are some uh, uh, 
information right now uh, and we see a lot of new products especially uh, for dogs that there are there are some published research showing beneficial changes in their fecal microbiota when you, you feed them with those special diets and i know there are those products for uh, designed for horses too uh, i'm just not aware if those studies are are published yet so i think we are starting to see um a, a good improve you know of the way that we we we, we prevent uh, so I, I in my opinion this would be a great way to prevent what we call dysbiosis we benefit we benefit those uh commensal bacteria and we avoid those animals having dysbiosis but this is not the most efficient way to for example treat an animal that already has a dysbiosis for example with diarrhea or uh with colic you, or an animal going to surgery we know that they're gonna have severe alterations in their gut microbiome so we need to treat that uh, just to help them to recover faster okay so i i think those products are great but like i said there is still not a good treatment uh to correct that faster and that that's why we need to do more research on this field of treating and being more efficient in changing the microbiota of horses um, the question i also have uh, for my for my research um, program it's about what's the normal microbiota that horses should have for all the animals including humans when you go to nature uh, compared to domesticated species you're gonna see that there are animals in nature they have into the wild they, they have much more diversity in their microbiome meaning that they they carry more species more types of species okay a lot of people call that um, the hygiene hypothesis saying that we have become very clean that we are not exposed a lot to many ty different types of bacteria and they can actually show that in, in the laboratory to induce um, uh, diseases like asthma or allergies in general in mice models that are colonized with a low diversity microbiota and the question i have uh, or some research has shown that when you compare wild horses with domesticated uh, animals you also see that they have a higher diversity in their gut meaning that they have more different species of bacteria so the question i have is do we need to improve that in the horses you know that we we breed in the barn we keep them in a very close environment should them be getting exposed to more bacteria so this is one question also we we want to answer Today's Disease Du Jour podcast is brought to you by Merck Animal Health, 
The makers of Prestige Vaccines, Banamine, Panicure, Regimate, Protozil, and other trusted equine health solutions. Merck Animal Health works for you and for horses. Learn more about Merck Animal Health's comprehensive portfolio of products, as well as their ongoing investment in our industry, profession, and community at MerckAnimalHealthUSA.com. So when veterinarians, I mean, the thing is, every place you go, every lecture, there's some question about the microbiome and how it affects the animal, whether it's healthy or sick. So yep. how do veterinarians today know how to apply some of this, or is it quite ready for application by veterinarians in the field? Uh, not quite ready yet, okay, because the methods we use to, to characterize the microbiota we call DNA sequencing, okay? Those technologies have evolved a lot uh, in the last decades. Uh, it, became, it has became, uh, become cheaper and faster to do, to use them, but we are not at the level to use that uh, in the field, okay? So if you want to know the horse's dysbiotic, you really need to get a fecal sample, you need to extract the DNA, you need to send them to the sequencing facility, and then you need to do bioinformatic analysis, and, and then you need to look at the results and compare uh, to the, 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 the current knowledge we have to actually say, yes, there is a dysbiosis, which many times will be uh, useless in a sense that if the horse is sick, you know it will have dysbiosis, okay? Right now, we have three or four studies that have investigated the changes occurring in horses with diarrhea, so we kind of are starting to know what to expect in horses with diarrhea, in horses with colic, uh, in horses that had a, a grain overload, so ideally, you could uh, pinpoint which those changes are so you can correct that precisely. That's what we call uh, personalized medicine or precision medicine, if, if you like. This is very fashionable right now in humans, and it, 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 the microbiome composition is being incorporated into that concept in a way that each person has a different microbiota. And this can be important to metabolize drugs, for example, and one treatment might not be as efficient uh, to you as it is for me. So it's, um, we are not quite there yet um, to, to work with in, 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 veterinary, in veterinary medicine. But what I'm also working on uh, is to, for example, in calves, we, we are creating uh, some diagnostic tools that will allow us to quickly compare the, the differences between farms. We are not at, at the individual level yet, but we can know this farm, you know, they have used a lot of antibiotics, so they are depleted on this bacteria. So we, we probably can do a target therapy, developing a probiotic uh, that should be given to this farm but not to that farm. Uh, there is a group uh, 
from Texas, they, they created a, a, what they call a dysbiosis index that is being used for dogs. So it's basically a quick test that will tell, tell us uh, which of the major important bacteria that are depleted in that patient. Okay, this is uh, done by, uh, we call a, a qPCR. You can do it uh, like a real, real time, just within a few hours, you, you can know the answer about which bacteria are decreased. But this is limited to the bacteria we include in the test, okay? We cannot include more than 10 bacteria, for example, but in real life, that ecosystem is comprised by many hundreds of bacteria. So it's not very um, broad, but it can give you an idea about which of the good bacteria that should be there that is not there. So we don't have that for horses yet. Uh, I spoke with them and they were developing an index like that for horses too, that hopefully shortly can be used by veterinarians in the field, at least to have an idea if there is something you know, major going on with the most important bacteria that should be there and are not. Well, this actually sounds like an exciting time to be in your field of research, Dr. Costa. I mean, yes, I say I'm very lucky. I was in the right time at the right moment to start working in this field. And it's also, I always say that it's very easy to, to speak about this topic because I can always say we don't know that yet. That, <laughs> that's the most common answer I normally give to people. <laughs> But there's, there's been so many positive things done in humans and even to a limited extent in other species of animals that the, the excitement of this kind of study and, and research is, I mean, like I said, every place you go, somebody says, now let's consider the microbiome of the animal. Yes, absolutely. I was just participating in a human uh, conference. It was virtual, so now it's easier to go to conferences, right? Uh, and, and they were, but they, they, they always keep the, you know, uh, saying that we, we, even in humans, they, they say we are just at the beginning of the journey. We, we are starting to understand, we are starting to try to manipulate but it, there is so this is such a complex ecosystem that it is still very difficult to to say which brings us also a lot of frustration because when we started with that everybody thought that by now we would be able you know to be very efficient in treating and manipulating and treating for example obesity in humans uh, but it's not a, that easy you know, uh, conceptually, it is easy to do it. Let's change, let's bring the good guys and let's make it healthier, but it's not so simple. So there is a lot of companies, you know, that try to manipulate and to, to, do, to do trials with some strains of probiotics, but it's difficult to establish colonization. It's difficult to get... Uh, to commercialize those products. So it's a long way before we can actually start seeing the, the manipulation of the microbiome uh, 
to save lives and to to improve health. But I guess from what I'm hearing from what you're saying is that while we have a lot to learn about this, it probably is worthwhile for veterinarians in the field to try maybe the, the FMT if they have a chronic diarrhea, a colic, a horse that's come out of surgery, those types of things. Yes, uh, I, I normally, I, I like to, to, to do those therapies, you know, uh, but I, I keep looking into the literature. There is just one paper um, from Tufts, just published right now, University of Tufts, in which they were testing the, the procedure in geriatric patients with diarrhea, but you know, pretty much half of the patients got better, got better and corrected the dysbiosis, and uh, the, the other didn't. So there is not enough evidence. Like in humans, they have meta-analysis of the literature in which they can say it works really well. You know, in those studies in horses, we normally use five horses, six horses. Yeah. So it's not enough. You know, like I said, I have preliminary data showing it doesn't change much. Okay, I, I had a like uh, also a small pilot study using three control horses. We we induce dysbiosis by treating them with antibiotics, uh, and then you see a big shift on the microbiota, and then you try to treat them with FMT, and the control group and the treatment group they return to the normal state together. So it's a bit frustrating. And this is unpublished data. Um, I'm giving this in first hand, but it, it, I was a bit uh, frustrated when I saw the results. I would expect them to return much better. You see uh, uh, something, some good beneficial impact in some populations of bacteria but it's not the whole ecosystem that returns. It's not like in humans that you treat a patient and the microbiota of the patient becomes very similar to the donor, okay? Some studies show that. So why is this? Is it because the donor I'm using is not good enough? Is this because uh, the patient, you know, the, 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 the bacteria is not reaching the large colon or the feces? Maybe there is a beneficial impact on the sickle microbiota but we cannot see that you know unless we cannulate those horses we have to make a surgery to insert a cannula there that we can uh, see what's going on more proximally but we normally use feces as a proxy of the proximal microbiota which might not be ideal but that's what we have yeah that's what we have to work with well, is there anything else about the microbiome of the horse that you would like to say to the veterinarians that are listening to this podcast? Well, I, I want, you know, I, I think it's very important for everybody to stay tuned and to be updated in the literature. There are very nice uh, reviews that are often published uh, telling us what, at which stage we are now uh, regarding the knowledge, you know, we also have to be very aware of uh, any claims that are normally made, you know, as a reviewer, 
I, I, I get that a lot, you know, uh, people trying to make big statements, but we need to be very scientific uh, uh, based, if, if, if I can say that in English, uh, to, to be aware that, you know, sometimes we, we see things that are not real uh, because those technologies they have that we use right now, they have a lot of limitations especially claiming uh, uh, um, changes at the, the, the species level, okay? Which is not good with the technologies we have. We are, we are, um, we, we actually can only classify the bacteria at higher levels. For example, we can say it's a clostridium but we cannot say to each species of Clostridium those changes were caused. Mm. Uh, there are so many different species of Clostridium. As you know, some of them will produce nasty toxins that can kill a horse or a human, but the other are beneficial. In humans, sometimes they use species of Clostridium um, as a probiotic uh, or to treat dysbiosis. So it's very important to be aware that Sometimes what you, you read is not very precise, but also it's important to stay updated, you know, and, and try to go to the scientific literature very often to, to, to see the new discoveries <laughs> in the field. Well, Dr. Costa, thank you very much for joining us today. I have a feeling you and I will be talking again in the future because <laughs> this, is, this is such an interesting and uh, new field of research for horses uh, that yeah. I, I hope we get to get together again soon and you can tell us your new discovery. <laughs> if I have some, yeah, that would be a, a pleasure uh, to contribute, you know, and to help with uh, continuing education. It's always a pleasure. Well, thank you. And we like to uh, thank our audience for listening to Disease Du Jour today. And a big thanks to our 2020 sponsor, Merck Animal Health. Please listen and rate previous and future episodes of Disease Du Jour on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. Follow Equa Management on Facebook or send us an email at kbrown at aimmedia.com. The Daily Vet Life Podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network.